Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. There he is. All right. Holy shit, buddy. Didn't see you yet, but uh, hear oh, that beautiful fuck. voice of yours. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, there we go. What's up, buddy? Fuck, what is going on in your world? Steve oh, stepping man. on the podcast, man. This Fuck. is a long time. This should have fucking happened in like the first year. I mean, you, obviously, you did some feature <laughs> stuff with us. People mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. you from listening to this podcast, but for sure, like you as an actual guest, man, this should have happened. I know. I feel time. I'm giddy. I'm like honored. Like when you when I got the, <laughs> the text, when I got the text, I was like, oh, fuck. I like well, I showed it. To, I showed it to my wife, Jen. I'm like, Jen, Jen. She's like, yeah. So, yeah. Right. I, well, I'd mentioned, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, um, that you were a, a big catalyst of the reason why there's even a Toddcast at all, that it even exists. Uh, so sorry if you got hate mail for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's for me, it's like, it, it, it's such, it, it's an honor to even be thought like that and to think that I inspired anything. And it's, it's, it's so cool to see uh, just, I mean, what you've done with it, what you've done with the medium and everything. Cause like, uh, I mean, I was inspired by Kevin Smith. So it's kind of just like a, just kind of like a pay it for like passing it forward type thing. As soon as you get, you latch onto something and also, you know, just out of my little basement uh, kind of, to create something like that and and for for people to grab and put their stamp on it it's so fucking cool like it's yeah honestly, that, i mean that's thing. what it literally was too like it was like the you know when i was still working at c fox and you mm-hmm. invited me over to your place to kind of you know talk about comics and fucking just kind of geek out yeah and uh i'm like man that's like right in my wheelhouse and then kind of to watch uh, you know, you doing your thing. And and then when I got let go from Fox, so many of my friends were like, dude, you don't need to go back to radio. Like, why don't you just start the podcast? Uh, and yeah, man, I'm like seven years in, dude. That's crazy. It's Which crazy. Is nuts. I know. Like when I think about it, like um, next year will be 10 years. Wow. For, for me. And it's like, I mean, there is so much cool stuff that came out of it. Like to, um, bring all uh, uh, at the time all you radio guys onto my show and then form those friendships and everything was the coolest thing because I never expected it to go beyond that you know I mean be, uh, like our we us becoming friends uh, me and Drex becoming like friends and everything like it's just it was um, like a, almost like a, a backdoor into doing fun and cool stuff that uh i never knew kind of existed right and and the friendships that you make along the way because everyone's creative in their own their own ways and you kind of latch on to creative people as you kind of go along and stuff and it's rewarding really yeah no totally and and you're saying like 10 years for you dude when you were fucking doing podcasts 10 years ago you know now everybody and their dog has a podcast especially with covid and like fucking Mm -hmm. people are just dying for it right yeah but like what was it that got you going? It was Kevin Smith that got you started yeah. doing a podcast? I, I mean, largely, yeah. Uh, it was the fact that he had, because I mean, he, him and Joe Rogan and and a couple other people are like the kind of the beginning, the forefathers of podcasting, really. Yeah, but, I mean, Joe Rogan's so, huge. Oh, absolutely. But it's crazy. Yeah, and a little sad sometimes, <laughs> but also uh, yeah, it's it's an, it's a whole thing. But Kevin Smith is the is the guy that made the leap to well, I'm gonna make like a streaming thing of not just my show, but I'm 
kind of eclectic. I want to make all these other different shows and stuff. And my friends want to make show. And he made this modcast internet radio. He made Sir, which was right. what I had. Like I at my day job, I had it on the widget on the screen and playing through my speakers. Probably not the best idea given the content that was coming out of like Smodcast and like their yeah. morning show and everything because it's just completely uncensored, right? And stream of consciousness stuff because some of it was actually live, right? There were live streaming podcasts, which is a huge thing, right? Right. And I was like, this is really cool. I really like this. But like beyond that, like I want to do it. I think I could do it. I think I have stuff to stay stuff to say, really. And I think I was a bit like ambitious, like grandiosely ambitious, because I, then I was like, well, I want to get all my friends and we'll all have different shows and all this kind of stuff. And like, try to right. like, you, you were trying to start a network. I was trying to start a network. Uh, yeah. It, like, more than a decade ago is when I first like had the idea to do that. And that became the League of Man Children, which right. was a few shows. Right. But then as like people's level involvement started to change other, you know, day jobs are a thing, obviously, and, and stuff. And it just it doesn't sometimes schedules don't match up anymore and, and stuff kind of has to f fall by the wayside. But right. by that point, I'm like I, I've made a lot of friends and everything. So I'm also here and there making the leap to radio and stuff like it's 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 been like the weirdest um kind of a unique experience uh just just to kind of get go from like really amateur to like legit yeah but like i mean the really amateur like the beginning stuff like our first recording as a group of people was basically all of us yelling at a mic in the center <laughs> of a room. Like it's embarrassing to even think about now. It's right. like the humble, humblest beginnings. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you, how long have you been living in the Okanagan for now? Uh, it's been, I think it's been over three years now. Right. Or coming up on three years. And, I think we just, yeah, we just, uh, we just crossed the three, three year mark. Okay. And how, how are things like, I mean, I was supposed to go up there with the family for, yeah. It's, you know, the tail end of August and the, the wildfires kind of stomped that out. I know. And especially for the wildfires to do that after the shutdown that was the pandemic and everything that is still very much going on, especially out here, uh, because uh, we have uh, Kelowna nearby us and the uh, the spread necks. Right uh, in that spread necks in, that, nice. in that area, in that area. Yeah, it's it's. It's it's hilarious as it is sad, <laughs> really, really it is. But I mean, it. I mean, it's a tourist city that I live in, right? Like, like Penticton very much is like kind of caters to that crowd. Yeah. That being a summer a summer town, and it kind of crushed a lot out here, and it still is. Yeah, scary so, stuff, right? It is. And then I mean, I over this last week, even I watched a fire on Skaha Hills, which is I can see from my back window. And it's glowing like Mount Doom on Sunday wow. night. Like throw the ring in it. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, it's, know, right. it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's get into, you know, we know you as a podcaster. We know sure. you as a, a movie critic. <laughs> so let's get into the movies. Like what, what's your first like memory of film? Oh boy. Um, like my first memories are like, um, grabbing stuff at the video store and VHS and everything. And like, right. uh, just grabbing random movies that my mom would let me watch, um, going to transformers, the movie in theaters, the cartoon movie. I remember crying in the theater because spoiler alert, they kill Optimus prime. 
No. And I was, I was just devastated. Yeah. Absolutely devastated. Um, I remember uh, breaking my Ghostbusters VHS tape because I had watched it so much. Um, but then, <laughs> you know, I remember in the 90s being reluctantly because i'm a huge horror guy now huge horror guy and i remember being so scared of it like right up until like, into my preteen years and then at like uh like a, a friend sleepover like a birthday party sleepover there's nothing but horror movies you got to sit and watch these you got to act cool right of course and yeah, yeah. i think that kind of clockwork oranging of myself uh, and and like forcing like, myself to watch <laughs> yeah exactly like Steve just like, must watch exactly horror movies. i think that um i think that helped me um that was a bridge because i i kind of like then i i wanted to watch everything like that afterwards uh maybe it was the fact that it was prefaced by a robocop in the gore that's in robocop because there oh, yeah. is a few sequences of pretty gnarly gore in it and i was like it's a good lead-in but um the movie that honestly opened me up to watching movies more closely and and it doesn't even it's not even like a pretentious movie or anything like that, but it's The Crow, Brandon Lee, The Crow. Oh. And it's and, just the art didn't direction. Did he die on the set of that? Yes, he did. And apparently everyone was just to the gills on cocaine on that set. What? Like grips, like everybody. Well, everybody that's was, maybe explaining why there was a fucking loaded gun. It wasn't a loaded gun. It was a spent um blank casing oh yeah it was caught in the chamber and it's funny the actor that shot him um if anyone knows the movie well it, he, it's the guy that plays sick boy in it michael massey and it's a revolver like it's a big greasy ass revolver and he shoots him with it and yeah there was a spent casing and that guy basically retired from acting for a oh, while yeah, dude, like, imagine, he was just ptsd like, yeah you killed brandon lee like it's not your fault. A prop guy clicks the gun together, hands yeah. it over to you. But still, you're the guy. You're the guy. You pull wow. the fucking trigger, and you kill. I mean, you could have killed a a guy that had so much promise. Had he, like he was better than his dad in 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 certain ways, in certain like charisma ways in front of the camera, right? Like he only had like he had Showdown in Little Tokyo, he had Rapid Fire, and then he had The Crow. Crazy. Right. And the crow was like showing some range for being a comic book movie, which people didn't know at the time it was a comic book movie. Mm -hmm. He has some range in that movie. And I mean, I also have a love affair with it because that soundtrack's probably one of the greatest of oh, all dude, time. The soundtrack is amazing. I mean, it's got like Cypress Hill and Rage mm -hmm. Against the Machine and like, yep. it's fucking awesome. And like a really cool loungy Rage Against the Machine song, like a song yeah. that has like one of those, like darkness has such a weird flow to it. Yeah, I mean, totally. it's got a dark uh, violent femme song on it like a oh, right. dark one right. it's got a song of panteras that doesn't feature on anything else the badge i don't think you yes. can find it anywhere else yep um yeah man and, and and thus another like symbiotic relationship is my love of music and my love of film because it's just kind of all put together so maybe that's why the crow is such a like zero point for me interesting um, so where where does uh sorry to cut you off where does mm -hmm. um with music and film, where does Rob Zombie? Because if you're a big fan mm. of horror, like where does that play into, you know, where, like, where's he in <sighs> your, um, you know, I, I, I will put it like this. And I, I, I love some of Rob Zombie's work. 
Yeah. Devil's um, Rejects was amazing. Devil's Rejects is really good. Way better than it had any right to be because it is a completely different movie than than uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, which is very much this pulpy, just kind of gross and grangy, like something you would see in like a just like a dirty theater in the 70s. Like it's just right. weird ass movie. Um, and I even really, really, really like his Halloween movies. They're dirty trailer park versions of that story. Um and then I, and this, a lot of people differ with me this. I do enjoy Lords of Salem. I understand it's kind of more of a vanity project for, to put his wife in, but uh, so much of his work has been vanity projects for his wife to put his wife in. Like it's oh, just, totally. it's a thing after then he loses me. 31 was not good. And haven't seen it. Oh, three from hell. It's on shutter and Amazon right now. It's the, it's essentially the sequel to devil's rejects. Yeah. It's, it's garbage. I'm so sorry. It is just, I, I love Rob Zombie. He's a freaking legend, but why that movie? Just so much. Just, I, I didn't understand the point of it. Right. And right. I was upset by that fact at a certain point when you, when you dedicate <laughs> a certain amount of your time to it, you're just like, and why, what do you, what do you like better? It? Do you like his music or his movies better? Um, I would. I think I. I like his movies more. Um, there are songs out of his out of his albums that I, I. I really like, but I would say that would be more towards the earlier point of his career. Yeah, same. As, and as a solo act as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I sometimes I feel like he's repeating himself. Hmm. And, and in film as well too. In in film. Oh very yeah. Much. I mean, the music. I think he's definitely repeating himself for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah but he's a. He's. I mean, as as far as like a metalhead and a, a concert going metalhead that that I was, um, Rob Zombie is untouchable in a lot of ways. Oh, big time, big time! <laughs> you, know, like, uh, you know, I watched uh, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, mm. which of course is not a zombie movie; it's a Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. But that was a that was a really good movie. Uh, have you it's, seen it? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that one in in theaters, and then Sony had this big. They they sent me this big prize pack with it and everything to try to promote it. I'm like, don't worry, guys. I love the movie, yeah. but um, the perks of being a, a being a critic sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I really liked it. It's definitely a Quentin. We were talking about vanity projects with with uh, with Rob Zombie and his wife. This one's like him waxing on everything that inspired him and brought him to where he was. Uh, totally. I mean, the thing I I the thing I I, I really love about Quentin is that he was a movie store guy and I was a movie store guy. I worked at a movie store for five, six years. Yeah. And, and so I, I, when I see filmmakers that were those guys, like I believe Edgar Wright was one as well. So when I look at their films, I'm like, Oh, this is like, he's pulling like this from this and this and this. And uh, yeah. once upon a time in Hollywood's full of that. Dude, yeah. And what's cool is it like, you almost get a little bit of a taste of like, here's what would happen if I did a movie like this mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. you know it's completely different than the rest of the 90 95 percent of the movie but yeah you get a feel of like what quentin tarantino would do if he were to do that style of yeah. film here's a question though because he's done it twice now and this little bit of spoiler territory i'll say this this applies to this film and inglorious bastards okay he changes history are you okay with him changing history um yeah, I think I am. Yeah, for his own like, he's probably one of the only filmmakers that you allow 
like a known filmmaker that you will allow to get away with changing history. Like, yeah. okay, you're allowed to kill Hitler. Right. Okay. You can swerve and have Manson's followers get fucking brutalized right. by the neighbors instead right. of killing Sharon instead Tate of Sharon and her friends. Tate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the Sharon Tate one. I can see rubbing people the wrong way. Hitler is like, everyone wants to kill Hitler. Like, it's like, well, wasn't uh, there a big like brouhaha about uh, the way that, uh, uh, speaking of Brandon Lee, mm-hmm. how how Bruce Lee right. was yeah, portrayed yeah, yeah. in that film, wasn't there yeah. like some controversy and there's, there? There's still there's still back and forth. the 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 family I forget what her name is, but the family of Bruce Lee, which I guess would be a granddaughter maybe at this point or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, has been trading back and forth this these Ew. barbs with with Tarantino, and yeah, still. Still, because well, I think it was renewed too recently because they published um, "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood" as a book now. Okay, it's like the book written by Quentin Tarantino, so it's like again you're rehashing the Bruce Lee because that scene is like a pivotal <laughs> scene, and like it does make Bruce Lee look like a, just a raging douchebag. Totally, just a ra- like my hands are lethal weapons, like that whole like right, like as he's looking at it. Yeah, you know, and it just it doesn't paint him in a good a light at all. And but right. like, I mean, Tarantino at the same time has has always been no apologies about anything he does. No, um, always he, over the top. Exactly. He hates it when people derive uh, inflammatory morals and stuff like that. Like there was the British reporter that um, came after him on uh, um, violence against women. Uh, it was that British, the same British guy that like snagged that Diana interview in the mid nineties. Okay. That, like, that, that really controversial interview. Yeah. Same guy. So he just asks incendiary questions. Like right. he's done it to Robert Downey Jr. He does it to everybody. Pushing but, the buttons. Exactly. Exactly. That's the kind of interviewer he is, which uh, is not the template ever to go off of. No. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Tarantino is what he is. Uh, I love once upon a time, not my favorite, what is his best? What's your favorite from mine? Tarantino? Mine personally is the hateful eight. Yeah. Uh, great show. It's so cool. It's one location, like generally one location. It's very much set up like a stage play. It's just playing to all my snobberies. I think <laughs> like in film. Um, and I mean, there's not a performance you can take out of it and be like, that wasn't very good. Like everybody is on fire in that movie. And I think it, it really, um, especially to a newer generation gives like, like, Hey, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee, she's a really great actress that was really good in the nineties. She's still really good. Mm-hmm. Like it, he, I love how he grabs actors that he loves and makes us love them yeah. more. So yeah. yeah, it was because of him that I had a geek out moment about Robert Forster on the set of Backstrom when I was just a PA. Okay. Robert Forster <laughs> walked by me and I was just thinking, Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown. I almost lost it. And it was, uh what what have you been binge watching lately oh boy um uh i have like this this feels like it's every uh, everybody's answer right now but um because i have access to i just finished season two of ted lasso oh yeah i freaking love that show jason sudeikis is so good man he is it makes you like it makes you seriously wonder how much of ted lasso is 
that sadakist charm that we know and we've seen for a long time? And how much is it the really great writing? Because it is really great writing. Well, it's so, great writing, but it also makes you think like how much of that is just ad-libbed and fucking around. That that too, that too. I also find it interesting that two of the breakout characters, which would be Coach Beard, who I really enjoyed in that show, and um, Roy Kent, who is uh, the freaking breakout star. Like he's Roy fucking Kent. Like he's right. the best. <laughs> They're both writers. They're not actors. Those guys, those are both writers on the team that wrote these characters. And they're like, well, I, to get this across, I need to do it. And then the, the people that are doing the casting are like, why are we casting people? You like, can just do you're it. doing it. Fucking do it. And now they're winning. A, like he just won a Hollywood Film Guild Award. And like he's as far as award season goes, Ted Lasso is just going to clean up. Gonna clean up. Like, yeah. um, but I, I mean, I've been rewatching Preacher recently because it's mm. on Amazon. Yeah, I love that because I love the comic show. book. The comic books are like my favorite comic. Yeah, book I mean, it doesn't comic. touch the comic book. The no, it's amazing. It's a new thing. It's a yeah. new thing. It's just like the boys. The boys is a new direction. The boys is also another one of my favorite comics of all time. I, a theme here being Garth Ennis is a comic god. Yeah. Um, but um, I was late to the game on The Witcher. I really enjoyed it. I don't play the video game at all, so I have no basis of reference. And it's super heady. Like there's this whole like world that they drop you into. And it's like, you know, like creatures and like medieval times and everything. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's really heady, but I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. And then uh, um, Miss Maisel, the wife and I have been really liking that one. Okay. Uh, we're late to the game on that one too. Just incredibly well-written. And then there's a show with uh, A.D. Bryant, uh, it's already over now. It's on Crave called Shrill. And uh, basically, mm-hmm. she's a writer uh, living in LA, just trying to make her mark and everything. And it's just like a really well-written, like, uh, kind of situational comedy. Mm. Yeah, it's all over the place, man. All over. I think like everybody is, right? Yeah. Are you uh, are you Marvel or DC? Oh, but, um, I have my things on both sides. Like I'm still like deeply a Batman fan. Like how, yeah. how can you, as a comic fan, how can you be like, I'm not into Batman. They don't tell Batman stories that I like. like I don't know how you can be a comic fan and, and be like, that, especially when there's books that exist, like uh hush and the long hush. Halloween. I got hush uh, for Christmas. It was hush is brilliant. Phenomenal. It's so good. And, and I love I love the deep rooted con- connection stories to Batman and and the Wayne family and their history and everything. I love when they bring that kind of stuff into it. Yeah. Um they actually just recently uh, adapted The Long Halloween as two of those DC animated movies and they're actually pretty good. Oh cool. Um unfortunately they kind of miss a uh, a bunch of subtext being that going from a big freaking bible to two hour and 20 minute long movies you're gonna have to cut some stuff out yeah yeah but of course i think they did it pretty good justice but i mean would you say that batman's your favorite character um batman i mean i he probably might be the person i've read the most of um my one it's been from since a kid too um would would be my number one would be daredevil oh um I love Matt Murdock. I love the dichotomy of the, the, the perceived weakness of the blind man and stuff right. like that. Um, what did you think of the Netflix uh, series? That I, they I did? dug it. I dug it. Um, I think season three kind of lost its direction a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I really like, 
um, Charlie Cox as Daredevil. I've heard slight rumor that Charlie Cox has reprised his Daredevil role and that he's going to be like almost like kind of maybe a background cameo or or maybe something more in the next Spider-Man movie that just released a trailer. Oh, yeah. So. I'm hold, fingers crossed for that because there is some of that Netflix cinematic, uh, that Netflix TV universe that I like. Yeah. I like Jessica Jones. It was I, pretty I good. Mean, yeah. I'm Kristen Ritter is a great person to play that role. Yeah. Iron um, Fist was pretty good. Luke Cage yeah, was pretty good. Yeah. Like none of them were standout stuff. No, they're all pretty good. Yeah. They're all pretty good. And um, I really like Johnny Barenthal as the Punisher. Oh, yeah. That's just really good casting. The, the Punisher to me is like, you know, I mean, he's just a human dude. It's kind of like the Batman where Batman's just a guy that's tough and works yep. out lots and he's a good detective. And the same thing for Punisher where he's just like, just a guy that's like on a vengeance streak, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And, and he's one of those complex guys, like, da- like, you know, their soul and their, their mind frame and everything's complex. Their rules are different. Their morals are different. Uh, that's why I'm excited for, uh, there's one, uh, a Netflix series, I guess would be a, the disney plus stuff now uh moon knight is coming and i am psyched because moon knight is a character that i feel um only really started getting its love in the last 10 years in comic form like like people have like the fans have like kind of really fleshed him out again and wanted more of him uh, which which i think is really cool because he's like a schizophrenic yeah anti-hero he's not even really a hero right you got oscar isaac playing him in this like this is this is some potential. Right and I here. thought the same thing of that uh, cloak and dagger. Mm-hmm. And, and then I watched and I was like, mm. wrong studio at the time. I think it was Hulu that did it. And I just don't think they were putting the money into it. Honestly, yeah, they, I they think just missed the mark. You know? Yeah. I, I think shows like Legion, that show got it. That show understood like what kind of story to make. Like Noah Hawley, the guy that made that one, just like, I don't know. He like took these characters, these really fringe characters and was like, I'm just going to do something totally fucked up on my own with it. Totally. And for three seasons, it blew your mind. Cause each episode is like this weird art film that also has like mutants in it. And you're like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I read uh, a couple days ago. Oh, fuck, I can't remember the site now, but I read that they were thinking of doing um, like a secret wars, man. I would be into it. They've already introduced the scrolls and everything. Like they've already got the template of everything up. Um, I think right now part, part of them is kind of working out the next Avengers team. I think uh, because heading into this weekend, Shang-Chi is like part of the setup to this. Right. Um, We've already seen a little bit of it in um, black widow, which will lead into this Hawkeye series and, and, and phase out Jeremy Renner's character. Right. Which we don't need Hawkeye anyways. No. Well, you're going to get a different Hawkeye. You're going to get Kate Bishop, which is a different, it's uh, Haley Steinfeld's playing her. So it's going to be like a different dynamic of the Hawkeye character. That's going to be part of the Avengers (laughs) because they've are like, even with WandaVision, they're setting all of this. Excuse me. Which was cool. The fucking WandaVision was like the first episode of like, what the hell is going on? It's like weird ass twin peak shit right in the middle of, uh, of a MCU like story like it's yeah weird uh yeah, I do, the one thing i will say that i love about uh, at the top of everything that i love about marvel is the chances they take in 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 making each film like a more subversive 
superhero story like it can switch up the genre it can spin it you know ant-man can be a heist film and and all of a sudden you can make thor a thor the third thor movie will just all of a sudden be a comedy like let's just play with stuff and see what works and largely i think it has been working yeah. the formula kind of works i guess i agree i agree what what superpower would you want to have <sighs> uh i mean I, the, the Deadpool regeneration thing always makes me laugh. It's just so like, it, it's so annoying. And that's what I've always loved about his, that his power. And yeah, I, I, I'd just be a fun party favor. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Steve, let's get a, Now I told you I was going to need you for 15, 20 minutes. And yeah, we're like, we're already a half hour and we're not even fucking anywhere much. near done. So I talk way too much. I, I hope you're okay with stay, <laughs> sticking around for a little bit. So oh, let's get outside of podcasting. Let's get outside of movies and sure. you know, being a movie critic and, and what you're known for. What's the music in the stebbing house as a kid growing up? What, what, are, your, what are your parents playing? Uh, my mom. A bit here. Yeah. My mom is a big reason that I love the music that I do um because it was i remember like van halen tapes in the car i remember uh ou812 i mean that tape being in the car nice finish what uh, you started and yes yes uh Gobble wobble i yes um i th- we also had, uh, obviously 1984 and uh two in there um i remember the what was the the, the robert plant solo album in the mid was it now and Zen? Now and uh, I think that was one of his like mid '80s solo records. I just remember him all like him all like windswept on the cover and stuff, like just the locks yeah. blowing in the breeze. And every every you know, my mom was probably just loved that cover. Just to be yeah. honest, um, White Snake, <laughs> like just like she was she she had though that those that rocker angle because I didn't get into my metal stuff until later. And but I mean, she who, got the who was it that got you into the metal stuff? uh was be my uh be my friend rogan in in calgary because we um it was a lot from just like from the radio that just kind of bled into us discovering things and everything and i i think uh um i didn't start into the really heavy stuff until i'd seen mortal kombat this is a weird story because I saw Mortal Kombat and there's a scene where Johnny Cage fights uh, Scorpion in the underworld and Zero Signal by Fear Factory starts playing. Okay, yeah, nice. And I was like, that's so fast. What is that? What is this? What is that? Who, who is this man, Raymond Herrera? And why is he going so fast? Uh, and from there, I just like... Uh, Metallica and Megadeth and everything that I'd kind of um, discovered through the radio and everything um, for that period of time just wasn't enough. <laughs> I started moving it. Like I would still listen to injustice on repeat. And that's, yeah. that's just, that was always in the CD changer, but uh, yeah, I mean, every, just up and up from there at cold chambers. And then of course, discovering slipknot at Ozfest 99 at Thunderbird stadium bunch of guys in jumpsuits and masks who the fuck are these guys what is going on here now what is going on why are there and so many drum sets what is going right and they're close man they're like three songs away from a new record oh my god yeah i and, and i guess Corey's had to recover from yeah, COVID. COVID and, yeah. god 
What? But he released a solo record in yeah, the pandemic. You know I, I know crazy. And he also did some touring and stuff. And a guy mm-hmm. I know, uh, Zach Thorne is like the guitar player in the band. Oh, that's so cool. Like, and, what? and this is, goes back to the movie nerd thing. He has these two documentaries that he produced on shutter and he's a, he's a interview subject in it. It's called in search of darkness. And it just goes through horror movies of the 1980s. And it's like each movie is like three hours and 20 minutes. Like it's a comprehensive like yeah. compendium of just every horror movie in the 80s. And I love it. I can't get enough of it. It's and and, and didn't best. Corey Taylor also like act in some of the movies in the last think, like couple of years? He did. And I think he scored. He did music for a movie recently. Just fingers in every pie in the world you know you know you you hear about these guys where the fuck do these guys find the time like i can barely do what i'm doing and it's nothing in comparison to so many people no it's it's yeah envious absolutely absolutely what what was your what was your first concert my first concert was there was a uh, a series of time when they were having on Canada Day they were having the Great Canadian Bash or whatever across Canada there would be what like in Barrie I remember and, those yeah yeah mine was one at Thunderbird Stadium and the headliner was Spinal Tap what yeah and they even did Stonehenge they had the FedEx <laughs> guy show incredible up and unwrap the Stonehenge uh, tr- I saw Tragically Hip there wow. At like, uh, I mean, to be connected, like it sounds the Canadian cheesy, but to be connected with Gord in any shape yeah. or form of your life as a Canadian is just, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, I at 5440. I remember so many of the, the bands there. I remember sitting up on that little hill just on, on the side uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the side with, with, with my, my mom and my stepdad and just watching bands all day. Yeah. All day. I, w- I yeah. would say that. T-Bird's probably my favorite concert that I've ever been to was at T-Bird. Yeah. Like it was nine, 91 Lala, fucking oh. Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Ministry, Ice Cube, Jesus oh and Mary God. Chain. Yes. There's Side another stage, Crow soundtrack uh, band. Yeah, it was un- untouchable, man. That's yeah. like 30 years ago, and I still have yet to see a show better than that. Yeah, that's that's insane. And yeah. I, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Pearl Jam recently, especially older stuff too. So like that, that yeah. hits, that yeah. hits hard. <laughs> Dude, like uh, 91 was like Pearl Jam mm-hmm. 10, Nirvana, Nevermind, Soundgarden, Bad Motorfinger, Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. And this is all within like fucking six weeks of each other being released <laughs> 30 that, years ago. That's man. insane. Uh, funny sort story about blood sugar, sex, magic, and about music origins. My mom bought me that tape uh, when I was out visiting her because I lived with my dad in Calgary at the time. When I was out visiting my mom, she bought me that um, Pearl Jam Ten and Faith No More is the real thing. Which nice. Faith No More became one of my favorite bands of all time. They still are. Yeah. Um, just Mike Patton in general, just is a god, god to me. But yeah, my dad discovered the leaflet for the red hot chili peppers album and went through it read it didn't know anything about them read it because my dad listens to like gloria estefan and like celine dion (laughs) and i mean the hardest thing i think i got him to listen to is the cranberries and he really likes the cranberries so when um he highlighted 
all the defensive stuff in Blood Sugar Sex Magic, just the whole album, just right. Mailed it to my mom <laughs> with the tape and it's like, don't ever give this to our son again. Yeah. That just made me want to listen to it more, but more. And dude, if <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen more. the, uh, they did that, that about 90 minute movie with uh, Rick Rubin. Mm hmm. And it's like the making of the blood sugar sex magic in the house that they recorded and like, you know, a ton of the, how they put these songs together. And then of course, like just a, a, a mitt full of all the debauchery and crazy shit that went down <laughs> to, and it's like, holy fuck, those guys were like, <laughs> Chad Smith is the only, the drummer is the only guy that's not crazy in that band. It's hilarious. I'm glad my dad didn't have access to the behind the scenes. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> I almost don't even want to open up this can of worms with you, but I'm going to do it anyway. Sure. Do you believe that aliens have visited Earth oh. or even even live among us? It's possible. Uh, I mean, it's probably been said many times before, but I feel like to believe that we are the only thing, we are the only, you know, intelligent beings in the, in the, world and the universe is kind of egocentric yeah, yeah yeah i mean especially when you look at what the weird shit that we have on this planet already that it's natural like even just weird animals like watch planet earth you're gonna find six animals per episode you're like what the fuck is that <laughs> so like I, that there are aliens that yeah 100 maybe they crawl out of the earth all the time Maybe they're <laughs> maybe yeah. that's what the insane conspiracy theory hollow earth is actually. And it's just like weird pods that hatch every 150 years, 200 years or something like that and come cause some chaos and then turn into something else. Who knows? Who knows? That's what I love. That's what I love about uh, modern society is when we discover like new shit all the time. We discover so much shit that it gets forgotten about in like four days. Right. And you're like, it becomes a footnote. You're like, remember that thing they were talking about? That there was like the Pentagon released some like aliens on video like six months ago. Yeah, whatever. Right. Know. Oh, the attention span to the to the news cycle is just incredible mm -hmm. now, right? Yeah. Like they exactly. literally did release that. They released mm -hmm. like, yes, we have seen aliens and, you know, and it's like, blip, three days yeah. later, gone. Yeah, we could have already seen proof that there are aliens walking around, but we probably already forgot about it. Right. Who knows? Who's the most famous person you've met? Whoa. Most famous person I've met. Um, met Steve or uh, uh, Kevin Smith. I did. I met Kevin Smith. Yeah. I, that was, that was a big one. Um, Jay Baruchel, as far as yeah. Canadians go, that was a, that was a pretty good one. Um, yeah. Uh, did you I meet Stan Lee? No, I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't I, I didn't get the lineup was so long. Like I think him and Shatner, uh, as far as fan expo, expos go, were mm -hmm. the longest lines that I saw at that convention. They were just huge. Uh, one that was, I wish that I had the courage to just walk up and talk to her, but I was like at a fan expo. I was like 20 feet away from Carrie Fisher. Oh, no way. Yeah. And like, that's a huge one. I mean, Dude. for any, like, I mean, for any Star Wars fan, that's a huge one, but that's like, yeah, first crush. Yeah, it's Star Wars over Star Trek, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. I think that's why I enjoy Discovery. 
<laughs> I'm sure I'll get some tweet me at the Steve Dead if you hate that because I'm sure that's getting some hate because that is de- that is a de- de- decisive show with with Star Trek fans. They, yeah, totally. From what I understand, they really don't like that show. But I'm like, I'm having fun with it. I'm late to the game. I'm going because th- I'm going through all the Blu-rays right now, and I'm like, well, I'm yeah. Cool. I do like the Star Trek movies though; they're pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't like Into Darkness. I felt like making Benedict Cumberbatch, Con Noonan sing was fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, if that's where we're going, like, yeah. you're no Ricardo Montalban. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, what's in store for you for the rest of 2021? Oh boy. Um, well, I just started doing, um, like a Friday spot, uh, with jazz Joe hall. I uh, just, uh, kind of like a, like what I was doing on the podcast, just like a re- pre-recorded, uh, yeah. a, a bit, just, uh, pumping out, uh, the movie that's coming out. Uh, but that's in addition to, um, my work I do on the shift with Shane Hewitt. Um, every Thursdays, uh, I give a huge rundown uh, of movies coming out and give my thoughts on it. And there's everything on my website, stevestebbing.ca, that I, this is just my week to week of just watching as much as I can and, and uh, giving my thoughts on it. Um, and then I, I do a horror podcast as well uh, with, friend, uh, with friends Kurt and Taylor called Tremble. Um, and I mean, the plethora of movies that we've talked on, on, uh, on tremble is, is crazy. Uh, classics to like really bad sequels, like the fly Two, which we just did, <laughs> which filmed in Vancouver. Funny enough. But, no way. Was it really? Yeah, it was. It was uh, a large amount of it's uh, SFU, like that main concourse. Oh, okay. um, is like the labs is like the, the Brundlefly labs and everything. Um, and I, you know, I'm working on something myself, uh, just like kind of like a solo cast where I just uh, grab people and, and, and talk for a little bit with like just general discussion, no kind of focus. Like it's not a movie show. Like we'll probably talk movies because I always look into that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, yeah. or music or, or pop culture or whatever, just to, to chat. And, uh, you know, I, I just was finding spinning the wheels and trying to find out what to do for myself. And I was just like over the last year and a bit of like, I just want to do something for me, you know, yeah. just like put out something for, for me, like almost like a diary of what I'm at with conversations with my friends as more of just a, a mental check. So if people listen, they listen. If they don't, who knows? <laughs> Man, I'm in that same boat, bud. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get people listening. You know, the, the weirdest thing is sometimes like, you know, you release something and you're like, eh, this might do something. And it mm-hmm. just blows up. Yep. Whereas you're like, you know, fuck, I talked to Kim Coates and only got like 500 listens. Like, how did that right. happen? What the fuck? Oh, man. Kim Coates. I know the, I mean, this, this career I would have had with that guy. Just, just so much to say. Yeah, totally. Right. <laughs> awesome. Steve, I'm going to wrap it up here. You're easy to find online. Yes. Uh, you're at the Steve dead. On Everywhere Twitter I can. And Instagram. Yes. Uh, and your website is Steve Stebbing, S-T-E-B-B-I-N-G dot C-A. Yes. Awesome. Me. Say hi to Jen for me. Will do. Thank, Thank you, you again buddy. for doing this with us tonight. And I guess uh, we'll see you online. Yes. Thanks for having me, man. It's been an honor. Good to see you, bud. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca.